recorded live from a place where everybody knows your name and if you don't settle down they'll report you to the authorities it's transformation thursday i'm amy stevens and my pronouns are she her and i'm penny sterling and my pronouns are she her last week we sat down with former state senator ted o'brien and his wife sue to talk about ted's amazing and nearly fatal encounter with covid19 we had planned on making it a one episode event but we forgot something we all like to talk so we're sharing the second part of our conversation with you today and you can hear it right after the traditional music swell and fade out. Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loonie, and a few British tenors from when I was in London, because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes and change isn't good or bad, it just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one, the coins, money, about how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses. And by going to TransformationThursday.com, they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh, God, I hope so. Okay, then. TransformationThursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure. I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her. This week, we're sharing part two of our talk with Sue and Ted O'Brien. Last week, we heard about Ted's infection and a 67-day stay in the hospital, Sue's tireless advocacy, and the beginning of his road to recovery that ended with his discharge. By the time I was discharged, this is now day 68, I could walk short distances. And one of the things that Sue was concerned about, and rightfully so, was that you know, my bedroom is on the second floor of our house, wanted to make sure that I could climb stairs. So really, literally just the day before I was discharged, and I moved my discharge up a couple of days because I was doing pretty well. I was able and to I walk. Was, and I was done with him being in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was able to walk a flight of stairs one time. Uh, and I did that before, before discharge. So yeah. we were pretty confident that I'd be able to get upstairs. And then of course, every day you get stronger, a little stronger, a little stronger. And this week, we pick up with the recovery aspects of COVID. Everybody talks about the infection, but the recovery is almost as hard. So we ended up, um, we had a, our family over because it was the first time any extended family had seen Ted um, that and afternoon. And you, you rallied for about 45 minutes and then we and were the done. day of discharge? Yeah. We got home and the entire lawn was littered with lawn signs. Yeah. Uh, welcome home. And I, it was just, just wonderful. Just very, very, uh, this, the support from the community was yeah. was just outstanding. And I'll tell you one little thing about weakness and but the community support. I had literally hundreds of get well wishes 
And, um, but the problem was I had say 400 get well cards. I had a little plastic knife that I'd taken from lunch and I would use it as a letter opener to open up the cards. But I would, when I was in the hospital, if I did about 10 cards that way, that's all I could do. I just couldn't open the envelopes. It was because I was so weak. Yeah. So I'd do about uh, 10 a day. And I, I think I still have some unopened ones. I'm sorry to say. No. Well, you know, and I was, when I, when he, when he woke up and we were visiting, I could tell that he was quadriplegic. He had no head control. He couldn't raise his arms. He wasn't moving his legs. Like his whole body was, he was just, they took, in order to save him, they just had to take every bit of his muscle power. It was, it was yeah, shocking. I was completely was atrophied. When you looked at my legs, and I've always had skinny legs, but they were literally bones, and it looked to me like just empty baggies hanging on the bones. My, you know, I used to have, even though I had skinny legs, my calves from all the running and stuff were like really rock hard. I had no muscle tone at all. It was just <laughs> limp skin hanging on bones is all I had left. Yeah, I can imagine. So that was May, and now it's September, and you're old news, Ted. Um, you, you know, yeah. there's, there's, like, if you, if you, if you, if you Google Ted O'Brien, you see a bunch of new stuff from May, and then all of a sudden you're no longer around. So, and that's uh, that's such a wonderful yeah. thing. <laughs> it it, it is. You. you know, being married to a PT has its uh, advantages as well, and um, and Sue. You know, she she's, doesn't want me to overdo it, certainly. But when I first got home, I think the second day, we walked out my front door, and I could walk about 30 feet or so up to the sidewalk and then back. And the next day, I wanted to go up to the sidewalk and then down to the neighbor's driveway and back. So another 40 feet or something. And um, then I wanted to do two driveways. And Sue would say, you know, are you sure? Let's not overdo it. We were supposed it. to keep his heart rate low. And by this time, his heart rate was exceeding any of the thresholds they had given us. Right. And so I would, I would rein him. I would try to rein him in. But I slowly walked, you know, I'd walk farther and farther each day. And then um, we got to a point where I was walking, I think, a mile and a half, and, uh, which was a great stride. Every day I was seeing big improvement. Uh, then we started with, okay, let's try to jog a little. We'll jog for 40 seconds and then walk for a minute and then jog for 40 seconds. And then, but we wanted to get my lungs working. They were confident that I'd see some healing from this 80% destruction of my lungs to something better. And, um, and so we were really working at it. And um, so before too long, I, well, weeks and weeks go by, mm -hmm. but for example, now this morning, I ran, I jogged a mile and a half and uh, I did it faster than I've done it the previous day by like a minute. I'm not, I want to get down to like 10 minute miles. I'm, I've, I'm less than 12 minute miles now. So and I'm, so I'm the competitiveness started. that you're hearing, he, he's a very competitive person. And that's that inner drive that I think also helped him sustain mentally during his illness. You know, it's this, um, you know, it's this inner drive yeah, that you have. I was initially seeing um, an outside physical therapist that would come to the house, and then we transitioned to outpatient physical therapy. I have one more session left, mm -hmm. and then we're going to kind of end that. And he's back at the gym. But um, now we can kind of get back to, I've been working really, really hard at my rehab, and I was very, um, I was anticipating greatly 
the follow-up CAT scan. I hadn't had one since the April one. Mm -hmm. And so we did, went in and saw, um, had my CAT scan done and the following day had a follow-up appointment with Dr. Liang, who I still credit with saving my life. And I tell her every time, she's amazing. So she comes in and she says, have you seen the results of your CAT scan? I said, no, that's why I'm here. <laughs> and she said, well, we're, we're kind of astonished. And at first I didn't know if she was saying that in a good way or a bad way, but I was pretty sure it was pretty good. And uh, she said, look at, she showed me the, the CAT scans comparison side by side from April, where there wasn't much of an identifiable image of a lung to September. And she characterized it, said, you have, I, I'm astonished, but you have close to 100% lung capacity now. Wow. And I have almost entirely healed. My lungs are back. And uh, it's just a remarkable remarkable thing that I'm, you know, obviously very, very grateful for. And it's another thing that they can't explain. And I did ask her uh, if, if they're seeing that in other patients like Ted, and she said, not really. And I said, hmm. Not, hmm, not, not to know. like 100% re recovery. I'm virtually 100%, maybe 98% or something. But, uh, but they did look remarkably better. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you're back at the, so you're running again, you're, you know, exercising, you know, but it, you, but you started with walking to the front porch, you going, yeah, right. going to the neighbor's driveway. And then, so it was a slow, I, I would say a fast build because I'm amazed at how fast you come along, but you kind of offhanded in there and said, I'm back at the gym. What does Ted's workout routine look like today? Well, um, just to back up real quick, and then I'll answer that question. There's been a whole bunch of different milestones. I can tell you that when we were able to take the shower chair out of the shower and I was able to stand here at home, I mean, it was such a victory for me. I was like, wow, I can take a shower and I don't have to sit while I'm doing it. It was just, uh, it was wonderful. But right now I'm trying to run um, every, a little bit more than every other day. I run a mile and a half in the morning and then I walk a mile and a half in the evening. So I'm doing about three miles a day, some jogging, some walking. Um, and then every other day, I am back to the gym, uh, which, you know, it's in the, they just don't reopen the gyms. And uh, the gym I'm going to is very careful. You know, the first thing you do when you walk in is you use the hand sanitizer. You carry um, cleaning equipment with you from, from machine to machine. And I'm just doing a few exercises with weights for my upper body because my legs are getting stronger, but my, my shoulders and my upper body, my core are all still decidedly weak. And so I'm doing um, weight training on six different machines and in, well, including just curls. Um, and I'm hoping that that's gonna get me stronger again. It seems to be, uh, when I came back from the first time back to the gym, which was just two weeks ago, I guess, um, to be able to come home and have my muscles feel like they were used. It just felt, it felt so great. I said to Sue, geez, it just. He did. He kept talking about how great his muscles felt. Um, that little achiness. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. So yeah. what about emotionally? I mean, uh, when Sue and I talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, she was talking about everything's good, but your posture is still a little bit hunched yeah. over and things <laughs> like that. And, and my immediate response to that was he's protecting his lungs. Emotionally, he's still got issues with it. Is there any emotional limitations where you feel slightly hesitant or you're a little bit worried about things because of what you've gone through? You know, I, I don't know. I've, I've had bad postures kind of throughout my life. 
and I am working pretty hard at my PT is also my outside PT like Sue has identified that as a concern and I had exercise to help just with posture. But I can tell you the, the first time I, I drove to get my hair cut, I think it was the first time I drove uh, when I got yeah. back and coming back from my haircut, having the radio on, pulling up onto the expressway, tears came to my eyes. I was just so grateful. That return to normalcy. Yeah, and it's, I cranked up the tunes and I'm singing about, along with it. And it's just like, oh my God, I'm alive. This is mm -hmm. so wonderful. What was the song? Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> I, if you gave me a second, I think it might have had B.B. King involved. <laughs> ah. I wasn't there. So, so Ted O'Brien is a blues man. He's been home 16, this is almost 16 weeks. So it's yeah. all of this has happened in 16 weeks. So it's, you know, when people think about recovery, it's not a week long thing. It is a dedicated commitment to just keep pushing. And that's my just you don't, you don't know, right, what is happening to people and how long it will last. But so you just got to keep exercising, just do something to make your body move and you'll keep getting better. Yeah. So how do you, so there is uh, Sue O'Brien, who is the, is the wife of Ted O'Brien. And then there's Professor Susan O'Brien, who uh, from Nazareth's Department of Physical Therapy. Uh, how much of a separation do you have between those two with Ted and you and the physical therapist? I mean, I don't know if I was a physical therapist, if there was somebody who actually taught the stuff and had like doctorates in it, like standing next to me while I'm helping out, that it would, it would affect me. You know, Penny, Are you talking about uh, our relationship? I'm yeah. talking about your relationship with a physical therapist and Ted. You know, I, um, let me, we, we've this, had let our me moments. answer that a little bit. <laughs> One of the things that Sue was conscious of, much to her credit, um, was that we're still spouses, you know, and we didn't, we wanted being spouses to be the primary relationship, you know, and that's why we had outpatient PTs come to the house and why I have when I, I, when I go to outpatient, initially it was in-home care, the PTs, because we didn't want Sue to be the primary PT. It's been a great advantage to me having her knowledge and having her encouragement and support coming from, a, from knowledge. Um, but we didn't want to substitute our relationship for one of kind of patient- Constant therapy. Therapists, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so is that, is that a conscious part, a conscious decision on your part, Sue? Do you find yourself? Well, no, I, I got to yeah. back off from this. Just like any relationship, there have been bumps this summer where I feel like he wasn't listening to me, and he told me he wasn't listening to me, and so <laughs> communication. So, so we had to, we, yeah, you know, and so to. we just had to take our moments, you know, and and you know, and, and I had to accept and I'm sure he did his thing. And, but then it's funny because then the next day or so goes by and you, I would start seeing him do my suggestion and I'd be like, hmm, okay. You know, so it's that, it's that tension that a lot of couples have, right? That you don't want to be told, but you hear it. And then you chew on it a couple of days. And then of course you try it and you know, it's hard, you know, it's, 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 and so, you know, it's just everything, everything in a relationship is patience, right? And understanding. <laughs> Penny, I'll tell you that um, when I was initially starting to walk and then, and then jog a little bit, and, and Sue was a great help because she was figuring out how long we should jog and then how long walk and stuff like that. But she was going with me. And I can tell you, that, you know, as I'm jogging and I'm being told, to, you know, put your shoulders back, 
stand up straight, your stride isn't right, you're this. We're getting along much better now that I'm jogging alone. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. It's, especially with COVID, you need that alone time. Because yes. everybody's on top of each other. The people that, you know, that, that small sphere of people that you can be around. And that's about it. And so that alone time has got to be marvelous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Is that what it is, honey? Well, you need alone time? You know, I've always liked that about running and why I was jogging uh, before this COVID hit and we were starting to do five-mile races and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, part of the reason I like the training is, is because you are out and you're, you're in your own head and uh, there aren't other distractions. You're running along and you can let your mind go wherever it wants to go. And, and I think you're right, Penny. I think, you know, we need those, those times, that space that's just our time. So, you know, as you're going through this and you're going through your rehab, you're at home and, you know, now you're at that point of, you know, getting your alone time and your runs, but, you know, what's that family dynamic like with the kids? I mean, everybody's home, schools are closed. We finally got back to school here in Arondacoit this week. Yeah, I know yes. my, my daughter's excited for that as well, you know, but, you know, but you're on top of each other for five, six months at a time. I mean, how are you, how are you managing that? Well, those it's been great. Yeah, we have, a, we have a pretty close family and our, our girls are like yin and yang. Um, they're very different personalities and attitudes, but they fit together. Yeah, they get along. Oh, so really well, nice. you know, and, and even before all this, we felt so lucky to have them um, and how well they get along. Um, so, you know, the strife that children cause are like the typical things, like should we let them go visit their friends during a pandemic? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and things like that. And so we would have those discussions. Um, but, um, but, you know, they, yeah. they needed routine. And you know what, they, you know, they, I think the only thing that they make fun of me now about is you have to talk about that day almost dying every yeah. day. <laughs> I say, yes, yeah. Sue would always say, you know, dad almost died this summer. And, and the response would be, no, he's recovering. And my younger one, that, who's now a junior in high school, um, she said to me, I never had any doubt that you were going to get better and come back. Part of that is probably defense mechanism or just not understanding necessarily how serious, how, how close I was to not making it through, which I didn't understand for a long time. Um, but yeah, the, the girls are doing great. I think the other thing that's helped us kind of overcome cabin fever as we're all locked down and stuff is that I did start back to work part-time on July 6th and as of September 1 I started back full-time so I'm working again and that's uh that's good therapy for me too well as the assistant attorney assistant attorney general in charge of the Rochester office of the New York State Attorney General I just want to say so it's not it's it's not like you're stocking shelves at Wegmans you're actually got some heavy duty stuff to deal with yeah, it's, uh, but you it's know what? It's been fun to actually see him do court from home because sometimes yeah. there's been court at home. and Because of COVID, we have, uh, I'm in court most every week and sometimes several times, but many of the hearings that I've been in most recently have been uh, virtual hearings, which is interesting too. So it's been cool to see him um, act in his lawyerly role, but it's also, you know, he puts on his suit and tie, you know, from, you know, he dresses from the, you know, the waist up. Don't tell him I have shorts on. <laughs> and, At um, least you're wearing he, shorts. He still doesn't fill out, you know, the jackets aren't filled out yet. So, right. So I can see the remnants of the illness still there. Um, but and I still tire more easily than I did. It's uh, a long day of work, uh, you know, wipe me out and I'll come home and I'll, I'll crash. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But that's, that's, hey, better than you were in June. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, one question that I really want to know is, Ted, do you ever milk this? Oh, yeah. oh I'm so, I, I just, I'm, I almost died. So you need to go get me that extra slice of pie. I'm so weak. I need the I calories. Need, I, ice cream. I, it's ice cream. It's I, ice played cream. That, I played that card as hard as I could for the longest time. And uh, I'd say, oh, honey, I'm just feeling so weak. And, uh, <clears throat> and unfortunately, that stopped working a while ago. And PTC <laughs> right through that, yeah. right? So. Uh, I tried. I tried to avoid having to do chores and all that. But uh. I, that's true. It's funny. Um, he had. We had our routine, you know, cleaning up after dinner routine. And I still haven't asked you to get back to that routine, but I think you're perfectly capable of doing that. Oh, I'm not sure. I still get very weak at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have to laugh and, you know, We've had a lot of fun too, and a lot of laughs. And and mm -hmm. and even with the the staff, when I was at Rochester General in the fifty two hundred unit, we were so wonderful. I give you one quick illustration of the kind of care that I got. People were very very attentive, and and one of the nurses, you know, wouldn't let me. If I could do something, she wanted me to do it. She didn't want to do it for me, but <laughs> they don't have a lot of people that are just there weeks and weeks and weeks. And my fingernails had grown long, and it was just really a bothering me i had you know i just i didn't feel clean in it uh so I you had, painted them so i should have that would have been a reasonable solution but they had a they had a policy against you know clipping patients nails i'm not sure why or whatever but this one nurse um and i'm sorry Anne, if i'm getting you in trouble here <laughs> but um she brought in a pair of nail, nail, nail clippers and clipped my nails for me. And it was just so, so many little acts of kindness like that. Another nurse uh, brought in a little thing because I was weak for a lot of times and we were doing, and this is interesting too, we started doing Zoom conferences every night at like 8.30. So my brother in Seattle, my sister here in Rochester, my niece in Virginia, we'd all get together and talk on a Zoom chat. But I had a hard time holding the pad for a long time and one of the nurses brought in a little iPad stand that I could put on a table and, and do it that way. But what's kind of interesting about the Zoom conferences is that we have continued them. Mm -hmm. We still have Zoom conferences like 8.30 most every night mm -hmm. with my brother and my sister and my nieces. And uh, yeah. it's just, uh, it's been a great way for our family to reconnect in ways that we hadn't been doing before. Mm -hmm. I see my brother now way, way more often. I might call him on his birthday before and now I see him almost every night so there's there's been, there's been something about the COVID and the pandemic environment that has really changed we may never in the in the legal profession as an example we may take lessons from this about how we do court hearings and stuff that have lasting effects um, and kind of like the school kids the morning paper saying that there may not be snow days because we know that you can can learn uh, via online ways the world is going to be different. One of the things I noticed is that I had hoped that one of the advantages of my being out of the office for a long time is that some of my more troubling cases would have been handled by someone else. And um, I, I got back and what I hadn't recognized is that the whole world kind of shut down. And so all my cases were just kind of where I left them. And that was up to me to pick them up and move them again. That being said, I don't want to be critical of my colleagues who did an absolutely outstanding job. Uh, everybody's busy and they picked up uh, and covered for me 
and did all the administrative things and kept the office going in good stead. And uh, I, I'm really grateful. But I do think the pandemic changes the way we will proceed in the future in ways that we're only beginning to understand now. Yeah, I'm picking up a theme here through this as as we as I listen to you say that, Ted, it's like, and, and I think Sue is is going to be the same here with this, is that there's a sense of optimism that you've kept throughout this all that is that has sustained you by hearing your brothers um, chipping through the window, you know, hearing his voice while you were in a coma, you know, looking forward, you're looking forward to things, you're pushing forward. So I think that's not, a- And I'm not nitpicking the fact that he doesn't do dishes after dinner, right? There are more important things than that, right? Yeah. And so, that he's here and that we have him. So- it's such a beautiful story to hear because, you know, there's, you, you acknowledge the medicine in it, but then you also talk about that human spirit side of it. So it's, it's such a, it's, it's a great story. And it's, I'm so happy that we have you here today. I am so happy to be here. I can yes. tell you that. <laughs> At my end, I'm happy to be anywhere. So that's, right. that's, where, that's where I am. Yeah. Uh, it, it, one of the things that I say, and I, I talk about this in my show, Spy in the House of Men, a one-woman show with balls, because I will always find a play, way to plug that as well. Uh, is, and you're going to see that, right, Ted? You're going to watch. Festival. Yes, we're going we're gonna to see it. We're going to get the tickets and we're going to see it. I'm so glad to hear that. I will, I will be seeing it for the second time. So, so you know that my belief is that everything that happens to us is a gift that is attached to it. And it sounds like you found the gift here, uh, the, the closeness of your family, among other things. Was there anything else that you now look at differently in your life because of this, that, that, you know, because that close to death, life becomes much more precious sort of thing? You know? Last weekend where I, I just, I don't want to say no to anything, right? There's no more no, no no's. Just if he wants to do it, he can do it and we'll do it. It's just live life. There are no more no's. You know, and just even in my work environment, I was having a conversation with an attorney who had made kind of a mistake in a court proceeding that he was, he's a very experienced and very talented litigator, but he made a mistake and, um, and the client wasn't particularly happy and the, and the court wasn't particularly happy and he's working through it and whatnot. And I said, look, I got to tell you one thing. This is a very minor, minor thing. After what I've been through, I don't want you to stress about this thing at all. I mean, there are just more important things. And he was like, he had difficulty sleeping because of a mistake that he made and whatnot. He said, nobody's dying. Everything's fine. We're talking about, you know, a civil contract kind of a dispute. Um, believe me, this is not a big issue. I am totally fine with the way you handled this and the way you and, and so I, I do think that this experience does change your perspective and it just, there's no way it can't change mm-hmm. your perspective. I'm just so grateful to my, my kids. I'm so happy to see them doing well. And, you know, my, my wonderfully supportive wife, um, I think that we're in a different place than we were pre-COVID probably too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wonderful. We would have said a lot more no's. Yeah. She told me the other day, she'll never say no to me again. Oh, I, I marked that down. I want a re- I want a recording of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a I have a friend that talks about you know time, and we hear you know when are we going to go back to normal? When are we going to go back to this? And you, and you know, and her point that is is that we can never go back in time, and there will never be that normal that we had before. And I don't think we want to be in that same space because that would erase. <clears throat> 
everything we've learned, all of our experiences and everything. So I think this is a perfect place to, to wrap this up on this note and say, hey, we can't go back in time. We're going to learn from this. We're going to move forward. And we need to take that positive viewpoint and move forward with it and look forward to the future. And hopefully we can build a better society for all of us with what we've learned. So thank you so much for coming okay. on today, Ted. That and is Sue. wonderfully well said. Yep. Thank you so much. That's, that's where we're going to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Thank you and very thank much. You so much for having us. We really appreciate this opportunity to tell our story. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Sue and Ted O'Brien. We'll be back with more Transformation Thursday right after this wonderful message from me. <laughs> to financially support Transformation Thursday, go to transformationthursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review. It's free, and it does help get Transformation Thursday out to a larger audience. Finally, Transformation Thursday is copyrighted material, all rights reserved, 2020. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I am Amy Stevens, and my pronouns very much are she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are even more she, her than yours, Amy. There you go with our competitive sides again. <laughs> I'm less competitive. I, I am the least competitive, most competitive person you've ever met. That's probably true. So what a fantastic interview. I'm so glad that we uh, broke this up in two parts because I think it definitely deserved, you know, each part of the recovery deserved its own standalone episode. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, the, the road down in that early stuff, you know, how weak Ted was. You couldn't, like when we were talking with him, he seemed robust and, and, and solid and happy. Uh, he was smiling a lot. I loved watching the, the, uh, the, like old married couple sort of features of them interrupting and playing off of each other. No, no, no. You, before you tell that story, let me tell this story thing about this. They seem really, really healthy. And that I think is a testament to the seriousness with which they took both the infection and the recovery from the infection, partially because Sue is a physical therapist and she knows how to do this. But it's really fascinating for anybody who's got anybody who is recovering from COVID or if you're recovering yourself, how important it is that this, that this recovery continue on. And it is possible to, I mean, Ted was like on death's doorstep. I don't think anybody could be sicker than Ted and, and recover from this. Well, and I think the other part about that is not only that interaction between themselves and their, and their daughters, but also for Ted to have that, in, that intentional strength and fortitude mentally to realize what he needed to do, to get up, to keep moving, to go from walking outside to walking to the neighbor's driveway and then turning that into now he's walking almost a 5K or, you know, doing a mile and a half, but you don't know, doing a 5K two, three times a week. Yeah, that's amazing. And also, this is also kind of important, like pushing yourself, even yeah. though this is okay, we only let you, can let you walk to the, to the mailbox. You're going to walk to the neighbor's mail. I'm going to walk to the neighbor's mailbox just because. I'm going to go a little bit farther than they told me to because I think I can do that. And that's, yep. that's, that's pretty important, knowing your own body and knowing what you can do. It's yeah, it's, really important. And it's really admirable that, you know, that, you know, they realize their strengths and their weaknesses through this and, and they played to them and, you know, they kept going. And 
one of the things that, you know, is through the recovery is and through everything is that, you know, they were there together as a family. Yeah. And, you know, not only the immediate family, but extended family. And so, you know, it's a real testament to, you know, Ted and his loved ones around him and Sue for, you know, being very deliberate. And, but, but also I think Sue's understanding of the health healthcare system also was probably advanced her advocacy work as well. Yeah. Now here's something that just came to me because we're talking about this in a family. Not everybody has that sort of family and support network. So if you know somebody who does not have that sort of system, who's in a in, in way, you may want to consider upping your contact with that person, helping them along in any way that you can emotionally and being there and, and letting them know that there's somebody out there that cares about them. Yep. And that's, that's very important, Penny, to understand that, you know, people, there are people that are isolated right now and they feel alone and they don't even have to be in Ted's situation. So, you know, if you feel like you know somebody in your life who you should reach out to because you think they might be lonely, let me give you some advice. Reach out to them. Or if you are feeling that way, uh, there are people out there that love you and will help you. So make sure that you ask for what you need and do what you need to do to make yourself as healthy as possible. And that's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. And I think in our culture, we've got that backwards for so long that that's, you know, and I always tell this to my friends and family who reach out to me, I am going to respect your strength to reach out and go beyond your comfort zone in something like this. And I'm always going to love and honor your vulnerability with me very privately as well. So, you know, it's something that I think we can do better and something that I'm, it's really passionate for me. Yeah, I agree too. It's been a fantastic episode, but a fantastic two episodes. And uh, thank you to Ted and Sue O'Brien for taking so much time to talk to us. And um, any more, anything else you want to add besides good night, Amy? Good night, Benny. 